Hey guys, you are listening to Killer Cocktails, where the drinks are stiff, but the bodies are stiffer. This is a casual true crime podcast where two friends get drunk and talk about gruesome murders. Each week we pick a different drink whose name or ingredients set the tone for our stories. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Killer Cocktails. What we actually did this week uh, for the Peppermint Patty is we decided to go out in nature, get some endorphins going, and get some friends together, and we snowshoed out to this remote area. Well, I've been to a bunch of the snow parks out this way, and I had not been... We went out like Three Three Creeks-ish area, out uh, Pole Creek. Pole Creek? Yeah. Yeah. And then we were actually hanging out. We heard people, you know... They were shoot, shooting. They were shooting cans. <laughs> and we're like, hey, there are humans over here. Don't shoot us. Yeah. We stayed on the road. Uh, yeah. When the gunshots started. Um, but yeah, we hiked in. It was really cool because uh, Jackie brought her jet boil and we like boiled up some almond milk because my, my baby gut. <laughs> yeah. And... Yeah, we had. And the people that were with us, we've got someone who's gluten free. So we mm-hmm. had like special cocoa. Or they had made some special cocoa. They made special cocoa. And then we just add a little schnapps to that. Schnapps. So we went super, so, okay, this is peppermint patties is the episode. Mm-hmm. There is a way to make a peppermint patty that is real high class. Mm-hmm. You're using like creme de menthe and creme de cocoa and you're mm. doing all sorts of stuff. So we could have gone real highbrow on it. Um, but the way I've ever had these, and especially if you're going to be out doing shit. Yeah. You get yourself a little packet of hot cocoa mix, mm-hmm. and you're either boiling milk or water, and mm-hmm. you're adding your mix to that, and then you have a little flask of schnapps, and you pour that in yeah. just to add a little, a little e- zip. This is even a like a on-the-go, like if you're going out somewhere, like say you're going to camp yeah. or something, you could pre-make it at your house. For sure. Um, and it would definitely keep, like my marshmallows were in there forever, and it was great. Just put it like a hydro flask or a, mm-hmm. a, therm- a Stanley thermos or yeah. something. Yeah. It's super easy and super delicious. It was like so, hot and minty the, and I think chocolatey. the key is like don't... Put a shit ton of schnapps in there. Mm-hmm. It'll taste like I think we talked about this an episode or two ago. Like, don't make it crazy boozy mm-hmm. enough that there's like a little bit of like a flavor change. Yeah. And you're at like they're that they all kind of speak. Yeah, that they're singing a song. They're, they're singing a song in your mouth, and it's yeah. great. Um, yeah, I highly recommend um, the peppermint patty if you are of age and you are restri- drinking responsibly. Um, we have yet to say that on our episodes, but that's definitely our... The assumption that we had yeah. was that everyone's 21. <laughs> so if you're not 21, cool it. You know, virgin margaritas. Yeah. All around. Make uh, Just make yourself some cocoa. Uh, yeah, marshmallows. It's the same. And then you put Cocoa's some just mint. delicious. So we... Okay, we did Irish... Uh, we did Irish Coffee's episode mm-hmm. not that long ago. And they were so delicious. Mm-hmm. Then I had like, t- I think I had like a late shift. Like I didn't have to be at work till like one or noon. Um, and you obviously can't have an Irish coffee before you go to work. <laughs> uh, but I like had the time. I was like, you know what? I'm going to make an Irish coffee and just not put the, I- like I'm not going to put the whiskey in it. Yeah, yeah. So I like made myself a nice pour over coffee. I whipped up some heavy whipping yeah. cream to put on top. Which is like, and then I had like the two sugar. So I made everything. I just didn't put the whiskey in, but I put it in like a glass chalice. Mm-hmm. And like I sat down, I put a record on. I just had like a lovely morning, a little Jackie morning, with a tasty little coffee drink. Yeah, you know who I was talking to? I was talking to uh, Michelle. Yeah, and she was saying how traditionally her and Jeff will drink Bloody Marys for like Christmas morning. Oh, but that's after fun. listening to the Irish coffee episode, she's like, I. I've never really enjoyed them, or I've never really taken the time to enjoy them. And she's like, "I Ooh. that it sounded so good that that's what we're gonna do Christmas morning." 
That is exciting. Isn't Michelle that cool? of Michelle Firm Design. Yes, who did our logo? Uh, Michelle with one L. Yes. Don't be don't be fooled. <laughs> don't go thinking that there's two because there's only one Michelle Firm. <laughs> there you go. That's, That's how you remember that. Yeah. One. Um, but I thought that was super cool. Um, to like change it. up We're tradition. <laughs> okay. our friend <laughs> yes yes we are oh speaking of influencing yeah hey everybody this is jackie and i'm gonna have a heartfelt plea to you if you enjoy the show throw a review out there do a quick little rate give us a little thing it does it, i get it now why people say rate like subscribe yeah. and then that annoying 20 seconds that people say i understand it now yeah and it it goes a a mile and farther for us if you take that 20 seconds to write that review because we don't know what the magic formula is mm-hmm. no one really knows what the magic formula is but if you make it on a new and noteworthy your the scope of who you hit is way bigger yeah and we'd love to get more people participating with us giving us drink selections um just you know giving us more content to give out so we can make this a better show for sure yeah um but we all know what you're here for. Let's you're here get for to murder. The murder. Oh, wait, first, did you have a history for Peppermint Schmash? Well, Peppermint if there is Schmash. one, I didn't find it. <laughs> okay, cool. So in my searchings, all that comes up are just a million different versions of the same drink. Mm-hmm. All I could find were recipes. History was, maybe other people are better Googlers than I. Yeah. But I could not find a history. All I found was that Archer of Cartoon Archer fame. Oh, I love that show. That Archer loves peppermint patties (laughs) and that there's like an archer recipe oh that would have been cool we should have done that i know but we didn't (laughs) oops but here's what i'll say because we didn't really do any sort of the recipes we went real easy because we did it as an adventure Mm -hmm. that might be something that just podcast aside we just make one and have fun yeah definitely and if you guys have, like, a traditional recipe your family has done, let us know in the comments on that post on Instagram. we do sometimes go real hardcore into From Scratch. Mm-hmm. For Snowball's episode, we went From Scratch. We made that Avisat From Scratch. Whiskin forever. Yeah. Whiskin for days. Whiskin for days. Um, all right. So we're going to jump into the murders. Here we go. Jackie's looking at me like, I'm going to go first. But you look ready and I don't look ready. Okay. I do have, I am actually looking at my partner <laughs> yeah. right now. Okay. So I'm going to tell you about Derek Lettered Jerlau. 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 Uh, he was born June 17th, 1960. All right. Um, so, so that's who we're going to end with, but I'm going to tell you about someone else in the beginning. Okay. So we're going to start off talking about scott schwartz who is a 22 year old man who had a leg injury from a previous motorcycle accident that made him have to wear a leg brace and use crutches okay so he's out driving around and around 11:30 p.m on january 24th 1980 he decided to pick up some hitchhikers he's driving around a car mm-hmm. yep he his leg is hurt from a motorcycle incident mm-hmm. and he has a brace on but now he's driving a car yeah, well, yeah. well, I'm thinking it's like his left leg. I don't know. I imagine like a Forrest Gump brace. Sure. I'm not sure what the brace looks like. Okay. But he is able to drive a vehicle. Yeah. With his brace. Okay. And he has crutches. Um, so he sees... Is he newly injured? Or is this like his life now? I think this is his... I'm not sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, so he sees hitchhikers. Their name are uh, the Derek Jerlo, oh. Joseph um, Encinas and james matthew leisure so there's a group of people hitchhiking Mm -hmm. which if you're picking up hitchhikers you've got to feel safer picking up a group 
How many, yeah. like, murderous groups are there? It's all men. I mean, I would never. No, but we're ladies. But put yourself in the place 1960s. Of people are hitchhiking left and right. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's and straight up how you would plan backpacking trips back in the day. Like, we'll get to here. We'll hitchhike back to, like, you. That was just part of the plan. Yeah. Just a different time. I couldn't imagine that now. All of my parents' stories growing, like, hitchhiking is a major part of a lot of their stories. That's insane. Ever, t- ever since I heard the box story where the girl with the box yeah, and the how's couple hitchhiking play into that she was hitchhiking and it was a couple and you're like oh as a hitchhiker you're like this I couple know. isn't gonna do anything to me well uh, that that is another I story know. for another time but is i'm bothered you, by it if you don't look at it now it's the holidays don't look into that story we'll, t- we'll talk about it later yeah it reminds me of that horrible x-files episode yeah yeah that's no longer showed yeah yeah okay so Hitchhiker's on the side of the road. He pulls over. He realizes, after talking to them, that they are hitchhiking from Chandler, Arizona, to Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, So what Scott didn't know was that the three men had agreed to rob whomever picked them up. What a... That's a bullshit plan. Yeah. Let's wait for the kindness of a stranger, and we'll take advantage of that person. Right? Yeah. Yeah, now that you say it like that. That's mean. I mean, it's always mean to rob someone, but... (laughs) (laughs) Um, so as they rode together, Derek, who was already on probation for robbery, uh, suddenly pointed a gun at Scott and forced him to drive to a deserted area near Mesa, Arizona. The three men forced Scott out of his car. Derek put the gun in Scott's face again and demanded money. Unfortunately, Scott only had $37, Ooh. which 60s money, it's yeah, a little bit I more mean, than you're thinking right now, but I still want 37, six, how much money? <laughs> $37. I want $37. <laughs> I'm not going to rob somebody for it, but... Um, while the men were trying to get, uh, trying to get Scott to hand over his money, Scott was able to grab the gun from Derek. Dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, while attempting to escape, Scott. Point- That's gonna be so scary for him. Cause there's three of them. Yeah. Yeah. Shotgun and left nut and right nut. Like he's surrounded. <laughs> what? <laughs> left nut, right nut? You've never heard that? No. When you're walking to a car and someone yells shotgun. You don't want to be the bitch seat. You don't want to be <laughs> in the middle. Yeah. So you're going to either go left nut or right nut, and Gross. then you've called those windows. <laughs> this is not a thing. Is this just my friends? Yeah. I think it's universal. I've never heard it, but I enjoy that greatly. Okay. Um, <laughs> so while attempting to escape, Scott pointed the gun at James. So Scott is the one with the brace. Yeah. And he got the gun, and he's now pointing it at another guy. Who's the ringleader of this group? Derek. Derek Gugaba? What's his name? Uh, Jerlau. Jerlau. Yeah. Okay. So he's pointing it at a different dude. Yeah. Okay. Because uh, Derek just had the gun. So he yes. takes the gun from him. He's now pointing it at James. Yeah. James might have been closer. We're not yeah. sure. And um, so Scott's pointing the gun at James and he pulls the trigger. No, he doesn't. He does. Wouldn't you? Yeah. I mean, I guess. You're uh, in yeah. this intense situation. I mean, we've already talked about how I would overkill murder people that were trying to get me. Yeah. Everyone would have been mowed down by now. Yeah. Um, Reason has left my mind. I'm now on full <laughs> fetter flight mode. Um, so he pulls the trigger, but the gun did not fire. Oh, fuck. And- That's the scary part of movies. <laughs> yeah. The misfire. And yeah. then the killer looks at you like, oh, motherfucker, I'm going to get you. Well, Derek says, uh-huh. you fucked up. There's no bullets in the gun. The three men then knock Scott to the ground where they beat him. And kicked, I hate it. Where they beat him and kicked him for 10 to 15 minutes. I mean, you can, like, they could easily kill him. Mm-hmm. Three people just beating on somebody, even if their intent isn't to kill. Yeah. 
I hate it. I hate it. I hate that moment. I hate that moment of, oh, I don't like it. All right. So Derek then said that they would have to kill Scott to prevent him from identifying them. Derek ordered Joseph and James to hold Scott down on the road so he could run him over with Scott's own car, which was a Lincoln Continental. Ugh. <laughs> Your face right now. Ugh. Yeah. Okay. This gets graphic, everyone. Heads up. Um, so Scott was able to break free. You know what? It's been a while, Drea. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> um, Scott was able to break free, though. And he was able to like dodge the car as the car is coming at him and he like dives into a nearby canal he's been beaten for 15 minutes mm-hmm. dude is yeah Good he, on does, you, he does this a, a couple times so he's rolling out into the canal they bring him back they're holding him down Shut up. he just fucking gets away again he's in a brace and he like he's a wiggle mice he's like ah! there's no way he's an only child <laughs> he had siblings like he knows how to wiggle out yeah um eventually the men get a hold of scott i hate it and Derek finally felt the impact of Scott's body against the car when he hit him. Ugh. Derek ran over Scott two more times and struck Scott's head with the car bumper at least one time. At one point, Derek positioned the car's left rear wheel on top of Scott and floored the accelerator. Ew. Ugh. Ew. <clears throat> Although badly hurt. Shut up. Although badly hurt, Scott was still alive and writhing in pain on the roadside. Writhing pain on the roadside. Why yeah. is he not dead? We don't want him to be dead. <laughs> no, but like I like yeah the trauma that his body has been through. Yes, he began to plead with the men and ask them why they were doing this. Yeah, Derek took a screwdriver from the rear of the car and stabbed Scott in the head, neck, and shoulders at least twenty times. James also stabbed Scott 10 to 20 times. Scott, now Scott's dead? Scott suffered numerous fractures, puncture wounds, and internal injuries from his head to, to its midsection. His entire body was covered with bruises and abrasions. The three men dragged Scott's body off the road to a nearby field and covered it with alfalfa. Derek kept all the money taken Alfalfa's from... just like... Some like weeds. Yeah. Yeah. Derek kept all the money taken from Scott. The three men returned to the road and drove away in Scott's car. They did all that for $37 and a Lincoln Continental. I think it just escalated. I, I think know. They, they didn't go in intentionally thinking they were going to kill him. They didn't have gun, or bullets in the gun. I think Derek did. You think so? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he didn't have any bullets in the gun. You think he was going to? I think he's got a twisted mind. Hmm. I think the way, I, again, Yeah. the context is you're telling me about some craziness. Yeah. I'm assuming that Derek is a cuckoo and that he, like, went out looking for, and he's got these two guys, like, he's got two thugs with him. Yeah. The Like, those two guys might not have been in on, I don't know. All right. This is my, we'll see if I'm right. Um, so the three men returned to the road and drove away in Scott's car. When the car ran out of the gas, they resumed hitchhiking. They were picked up by Harry Roach in his pickup truck at about 2 a.m., so only about Two and a half hours has gone by from all of this. Because uh, he Scott originally picked them all up at 1130. Jesus. Um, Derek pointed the gun at Harry and forced him to make um, an apparently random series of turns. Finally, Derek ordered Harry to pull off the side of the road. Harry at first refused and complained that the roadside was too muddy in that particular area. Good on you, Harry. He's like, ah, oh, no, I'm sorry. Is Harry an old man? Do we know? Um, I just picture like an old Clint Eastwood in a pickup. 
I was imagining a little bit younger. It's kind of like Scott. Scott was only 22. Yeah, okay. Um, when Derek pointed the gun at his head, Harry decided to stop the truck. The men piled out, and Harry was able to quickly put the truck in gear Get and speed away. There. And he got away? Mm-hmm. Yep. Whoa. Derek later admitted that he intended to rob Harry. He was going to kill him. Well, I mean, could you imagine being the two, say you're not even Derek, you're not fully, you know, you're the other two guys, and you just came from murdering that's a guy? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I, that's why I don't think Derek's intent was to just rob the next guy. Yeah. You just went through this brutal, crazy murder. Yeah. You're on like a weird killer's high. I, I mean, maybe, but I don't think so. Yeah. No, I see where you're coming from. Um, the police and Terry interrogated Derek after his arrest and he confessed to the to his participation. So they did they found, after the fact. Yeah. Find yeah. him, arrest him, yeah. interrogate him. Yeah. Uh he confessed to his participation in these crimes. Um when he asked when asked how he felt after he killed Scott, his answer was how do you feel when you kill game? He added that he <laughs> He added that he did not feel bad at all about killing the victim. Yeah, Derek's not Yeah. Um, in a joint trial with Joseph, a jury convicted Derek of armed robbery, kidnapping, and first-degree murder, and the trial judge sentenced him to death. Joseph received a life sentence. James pled guilty to first-degree murder and also received a life sentence. In the days leading up to Derek's execution on February 3rd, 1999, mm. Derek became the first... What na- state? Arizona? Arizona. Derek became the first Native American death row inmate allowed to use a sweat lodge on prison grounds for purification ceremonies. Really? Mm-hmm. These purification Arizona. These purification ceremonies um, are like a rebirthing process yeah, yeah, in yeah. this um, cultural view, and there's some um, there's something that happens in a spiritual sense that is powerful and uplifting to the participant. Derek spent two hours praying and singing ancient Native American songs to prepare for his death. A few days later, he also took part in a pipe ceremony, which is a sacred ritual for connecting the physical and spiritual worlds. It's kind of impressive that they allowed that. Yeah, especially in 1990. Well, maybe not. I'm surprised yeah. that that hasn't come up in, like, North Dakota and there's, like, up in, like, northern mm-hmm. but, I mean, America. If there's you so look many at reservations the, and tribes. And... The rate of Native Americans going to death row, I don't, I don't see probably true. it's a smaller percentage, I want to say. Yeah. Um, so, my tie into oh, the pepper yeah, yeah. and patty. His last meal was a New York steak cooked medium rare Worcestershire sauce. Yeah, hard to, uh, hard to say. I can't say it either. Uh, two eggs, eight strips of bacon, Oh. two slices of bread toasted with butter, a half pint of peppermint ice cream, and 16 ounces of apple juice. I'm curious on something that obscure how you found that. Dun dun dun! Keep, keep your sources to yourself. <laughs> Interesting. Um, yeah, yeah. That was you know in true fashion. I was irritated by your story. You were so irritated <laughs> the whole time. No, it's it's infuriating. This guy, this young guy who's recently injured or like permanently injured, a couple younger guys also decides to pick him up and give him give him a ride, have some help, and yeah. it just escalated beyond belief. You know, 70s was like, you are out, like, everybody, well, like, that's, you have to put it in the context. Everybody is hitchhiking, mm-hmm. but it's also time of the prime, man, and mm-hmm. you've got people who are like, you know, everyone's out there hitchhiking, I'm just going to be swooping people up. And there's no DNA, and, like, the cops aren't talking to each other, so yeah. it's like, it's the best, yeah, oh, God, that's terrifying. Let me tell you, if I invent a time machine, or I'm invited <laughs> into a time machine, 
not going to the 70s. <laughs> nope. Mm-mm. Well, Drea, good story. Thank you. So, for this one, I feel like my last couple murders have been super recent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're always like a couple months out from where we record. So, uh, this one, uh, my murder is... Oh, no. I think I was saying this wrong in my mind the whole time. <laughs> Christiana. I thought it was Christina. Christiana Edmonds. I like that name, though. Christiana? Christiana Edmonds, born... <gasps> Wait. Oh, no. You texted me this name. That's why I know it. <laughs> <laughs> that was really funny. I was like, I was like oh, oh, shoot. She knows no, it. No, no, no. It's up your alley of stories you listen to, you like. October 3rd, 1828. Ooh. She died in 1907. Wow. Okay. She's an English murderer. Ooh. Ooh, ooh she is. <gasps> Jackie, this is everything I love. All right. Uh, okay, so she was more uh, born in Kent. She was the eldest child of William Edmonds. Uh, he's an architect. He designed the Holy Trinity Church. Oh, wow. And the Margate Lighthouse. Apparently of some sort of English fame. Uh, her mother was Anne Christiana Byrne, so named after her mother. Um, she had a privileged upbringing. She was privately educated, and she was diagnosed with hysteria in her early 20s. Would you like some heroin? <laughs> um, that's how you get rid of that. So she's living with, so her father passes away at some point. She's living with her widowed mother in Brighton. It's the late 1860s. She becomes involved with a local doctor. Hmm. His name is Charles Beard. Is this someone she is seeing for his, her hysteria? Potentially. I don't know that he's her doctor, but that, that's okay. actually a good jump. Um, the nature of the relationship remains kind of controversial. Mm-hmm. Uh, was it an emotional affair? Was it a physical affair? There's kind of things to speak to both. In September of 1870, Edmonds poisons the doctor's wife. Oh, What? By giving her a poisoned chocolate cream. Okay, so she's coming over. She's hanging out with the wife at this point, or she's sneaking. She like snuck in and did this. I don't know how the I don't know how those chocolates got to the wife. Okay, but she gives these chocolates <gasps> to the wife. Okay, and the wife gets super sick. Um, Mrs. Beard recovers, doesn't die, gets violently ill. Yeah, but recovers, doesn't tie her illness. To the chocolates. And the doctor doesn't know this? Doctor doesn't really, okay. like, none of that's really tied into it. Um, later, Dr. Beard suspects that Edmonds had poisoned his wife. Mm. Um, but he didn't act on his suspicion because he's concerned over the scandal that all yeah. of this might create. Yes. In 1871, so that's 1870, so the next year, uh, Edmonds begins obtaining chocolate creams from a local confectioner, John Maynard. So mm. he runs a little chocolate company. She's getting these little chocolates. Um, she takes them home. She laces them with strychnine. No. And then she returns them <gasps> to the chocolate place. Being like, I just don't want these anymore. Yeah, I don't want these anymore. No, 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 no. Poor little then, John. John is just having Maynard a... Maynard goes selling them to the public. No, John is a low, like a low income business. He's just a chocolatier. Ah, oh, he's just starting out. Ah, oh, poor John. So he doesn't know they've been poisoned. No. So uh, originally she obtains the strychnine from a local chemist. So she goes to Isaac Garrett. And she tells him that she's trying to poison some stray cats. Because she's trying to get poison in the 1860s. Yeah. So she's like, I got these stray cats. Give me some poison. Um, In an attempt to cover her tracks and not get caught because she's poisoning all these people, 
she begins um, paying young boys in the neighborhood to go buy Trick Nine for her. So wait, what is she just trying to kill it? I kind of got why she poisoned the doctor's wife, but she now but she's now just she's poisoning. got an itch for poisoning people. She doesn't even need to see them die. She just wants to. All right. I know that's like people who plant a joke and they don't need to see the prank happen. Just the idea. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I was thinking of a bombing, but you went very nice with it. Yeah. Yes. Well, because in in my head, there are two types of people that pull pranks. There are people that love to watch the reaction. Yeah. And there are people that never need to see the reaction. Which is they'll a tell little... a lie to someone that doesn't matter, and they'll just they'll get joy off the fact that they know that person told that lie to someone mm-hmm. later. <laughs> I don't there trust that people. one. I don't trust that one. I need to. As someone who pulls pranks all the time, <laughs> you are a real prankster. I I need to see it. I need to. See, it I got need... to like it got real crazy for a while. In the office, I started to worry about how pranks were going to affect you. <laughs> how did they're going to affect me? Just they were getting like they were like like the one-upmanship of pranks. Yeah, you can get into a prank war and it gets real. I'll tell you, as a silent observer, it was great because I knew it wasn't really going to fall on me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But I got to watch it unfold. It was great. Yeah. And I'd like egg both sides on. I'd yeah. give people ideas. <laughs> I think it's like I, I I went on my trip for a while. I slept, I, I sent that glitter bomb. And then <laughs> it went, went to, to the, the wrong person. It went to the wrong office. <laughs> that poor old Which man. Which is awesome. I love that. <laughs> the guy comes in and he goes, I just need to, I, I think this came to the wrong place. <laughs> and I said, let me warn you. It's full of glitter. <laughs> um, yeah. And then I think after that, just kind of petered out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but we're due for a good... Say la vie. Uh, Matt's working on a nice... Oh, uh, the, the beeper one? He's working yeah. on a nice prank for Well, somebody. after I spent three hours of my own time... Filling up balloons. Filling up you balloons. You were done for a while. And then I couldn't feel the tip of my finger from anymore tying from tying them. Um, and it became so staticky in the office that then I went home and couldn't sleep because I was like, what if the static gets so crazy that it like is That's next to a plug works. and You're it goes... Poof, and then I burned down our building... So, it was a little panicky for me. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so then she starts hiring these kids in town, and she's having them either buy the poison or buy the chocolates, but she's trying to, like, create some steps in between her. Um, by now, several people in Brighton have become ill eating chocolates. But Poor no one, John. But no one has connected the illness to the chocolates yet. Okay. People just keep getting, so they're like, oh, there's some sort of bug going around. Yeah. They're not tying it to the chocolates. The plague. Um, in, so June, 1871, four-year-old. No. Sidney Albert Barker, on holiday with his family. No. Dies as a result of eating chocolates from Maynard's shop. The Brighton coroner, so this is David Black, he rules the death accidental. Doesn't really, yeah. doesn't see the poisoning part of it. Because um, I think this is also like, Kids die. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. This is also a time where people just be dying. What was it? I was reading a stat where, I, now I can't even remember what century, but I'm going to say 1800s. Yeah. Um, where 70% of the kids wouldn't make it to adulthood because they were dying from various yeah. diseases as they were, like malnourishment mm-hmm. or, you know, what have you. You'd have people, like my dad's super into genealogy, and you'll have where people just recycle a name. Oh. Like if you had mm-hmm. a junior and the junior died, you'd be like, well, that one died. Now this one will be junior. Yeah. Like, whereas now people don't have that same mentality, for sure. <laughs> um, okay, so this poor little four-year-old dies. That's the only death that's been attributed to Edmonds. Okay. So a lot of people getting sick, but so far only the... And I think, ultimately, the four-year-old's the only person who truly dies. Okay. Um, so then she starts, like, pumping up the poisoning of people. She begins sending 
parcels of chocolates to prominent people. What? She, uh, including, so she sends them again to Mrs. Beard, the doctor's <laughs> wife. Does she eat them? Who again becomes no. violently ill. Don't take chocolates from people you don't know. Well, she hasn't tied it in yet. Halloween. Um, okay, so by this time, police are starting to connect the poisonings with the chocolates. They're like, wait a minute. Um, she sends parcels of chocolates to herself mm. and claims that she too is a victim. So mm. she's trying to like, yeah, yeah. it couldn't be me. Why would I poison myself? Because um, you're crazy. Yeah, you crazy. At this point, Dr. Beard informs the police of his suspicions. Um, they result in her being arrested. She's charged with attempted murder um, of the doctor. So attempted murder of his wife. So that's mm-hmm. the one that they like pin on her. Even though all these other people are getting poisoned and getting sick. Um, oh, and they also, I don't know where this person came from. Oh, so, oh, they do. They charge her for the kid. Oh, okay. So attempted murder of the wife and murder or of the, the kid. kid yeah. That's who she's getting charged with. Um, that's crazy how they linked it back to her. I mean, after, I mean, I guess with the doctor coming forward and they maybe linked the chocolates eventually. And... Yeah. And it's like, I think back and I go, well, nowadays you'd be like the, the stomach was pumped. The stomach had chocolate in it. It's not like, but they weren't doing that. Yeah. Back then. Yeah. My sister told me this interesting thing about the coroner's office. So like, let's say you're drunk driving. Okay. And you die in a like maybe you kill somebody maybe you don't like but you crash you die as a drunk driver or you're just drunk doesn't matter but that your brain essentially is a time capsule of your alcohol content your brain so they'll do like brain slices or they'll do whatever but your brain is gonna have the alcohol content interesting and they'll know but she might be listening right now and going, no, Jackie, fuck, I was talking about whatever. <laughs> I might be very it's wrong. It's toe. You do a toe but I, Yeah. <laughs> but I feel like they'll know how high you were. They'll know how drunk you were. Like, oh. the brain chemistry yeah. will tell you at the time of death. Because you know how, like, if you get, like, the, there's people who will fight DUIs where they're like, I wasn't drunk when I got pulled over. And by the time I was at the, because I took a shot and I drove. And then by the time that I got to the Mm. police station and then they were, then like, there's all sorts of like weird DUI law that people will fight. um, Because there's processing of alcohols and your body will process it. But that your brain, once dead, is like a freeze frame. Wow. That's interesting. Anyway, a little sidebar there. So... She's uh, accused of these crimes. Um, then they decide to move the case from whatever town it's in to another town. So kind of like the uh, OJ trial. They're mm. like, you can't do it. <laughs> you can't do it here. It won't be a fair trial. You got to go yeah. somewhere else. Um, okay. So uh, they move the trial. So they take it from one county or whatever to another. Um, during the trial. So this is, it began in January of 1872. Um, her mother testifies that both sides of her family have mental illness. Mm. And uh, Dr. Beard claims that the relationship was never sexual. Um, it was merely like a series of letters. And they have like records of the letters okay. that they sent. And he's like, it was just these letters. It was mild flirtations. She kind of took it too far. Mm-hmm. Um, she gets sentenced to death. Oh. But then it's commuted to life imprisonment in a mental institution okay um she spent the rest of her life at broadmoor clinical or excuse me broadmoor criminal lunatic asylum okay broadmoor criminal lunatic asylum lunatic yeah okay i wasn't saying i was tripping on words 
Um, and she died there in 1907. Wow. So here's just kind of some little, like, crime facts. Okay. Like, fun facts. Crime facts. The FBI uh, supplemental homicide report examined more than 200,000 murders between 1999 and 2012. Men commit 90% of murders, mm-hmm. mostly using guns. Mm-hmm. Women also find guns the most appealing weapon, but they choose to kill their victims with poison six times more likely than men. Yes. Gun violence by far trumps everything else. Okay. But if poison's going to be used, women far more than men. I feel like using a gun to commit a murder is a lot more impersonal than using a knife, per se, yes. or strangulation. Strang- yeah, that's what, that's what um, they say. And then I would say even poison is a, even a step back from using a gun because it's not like that violent, you see it instantly, you, they just consume it, and it's not... Well, no? okay, okay, so... Uh, strychnine... Okay, strychnine causes an agonizing death. Oh, it okay. sends the entire nervous system out of control, causing violent convulsions. Instantly? No. Okay. These painful spasms come in waves until the victim eventually dies. Oh my gosh. It takes 15 to 16 minutes to kill. Excuse me, 15 to 60. Okay. So if you... Very... Yeah, it's very, it's very precise. precise. Uh, if you, like, let's say, so maybe there's not enough strychnine in the chocolates. Yeah. But if my intent was to kill you and I poisoned you with strychnine, mm-hmm. it would take between 15 minutes to an hour. Yeah. And it would be these waves of incredibly painful convulsions. Yeah. And it's a bad way to go. So imagine not dying from it and just being, like, yeah. that kind of sick where you're poisoned where you could die. Yeah. Oh, but... the poor wife. It happened twice. <laughs> well, I was thinking, like... If I were to poison someone, yeah. I would poison them. I'm not sticking around to watch them. I poison them and I leave. And, like, her intent was, like, putting them in the chocolate. She, so she's not there watching it. Yeah. So it, yeah. it removes you from seeing it, depending on how you are poisoning. In this in this instance, That's true. she's sending it. She's not there. Whereas if she were to use a gun. I've, I've always tied. You know how they say, like, it's, a, it's like poison is a woman's weapon. Yeah. Like, that's just kind of a, I don't know, you anecdotally hear it. And there was, I've seen, like, more than one, like, snapped episode or whatever it was where you've got women that take Gatorade and put antifreeze in it. Jesus. Is this news to you? Why are women putting antifreeze in Gatorade? So antifreeze. Oh my God. And this is something just like growing up. I can remember like working on cars with my dad and he'd be like, be very careful not to spill antifreeze. Into my Gatorade. (laughs) (laughs) Not, not Not to spill antifreeze onto the street. Not to like leave like you don't want antifreeze out in any sort of way because cats specifically, oh. it's very sweet. It tastes, oh. not only does it look like Gatorade, yeah, yeah. but it tastes very sweet and it uh, attracts animals to drink it, eat yeah. it, and then they die. They're poisoned. So you have to be very careful with it. So women will take Gatorade and antifreeze, which has already a weird unnatural color to it, yeah. and they'll put Oh. Like there was a, like one, I can't remember who it was, one famously, like she just slowly like upped the levels of antifreeze in the Gatorade. Just... Like corners now know to look for it. Yeah. Like in the talk screens, it, yeah. it pulls. But if you're able to pull it off in a way where they're not running those, like where it looks like a natural enough depth where they're not going to pull talk screens. I don't, I don't know what the, yeah. I have to ask my sister, like, do you always do that? Does it depend on what the crime scene looks like? Like I remember for my senior experience, I did a ride along with an ID tech. Mm-hmm. And um, 
regardless of natural causes or not, like if there's, oh, this is something my sister told me. (laughs) So if any time someone dies and the coroner's team comes in, the room that the body is in has to be completely investigated. Mm -hmm. So you're going to take like, when I went on my ride along, like you're taking photos of the whole scene. Snippets um, of the carpet. Yeah, like you're that. just like yeah. you're not taking everything because especially yeah. like people also are slobs and like yeah. houses are like me- messy. Um, my sister was joking. I won't say what county that she worked in. She's like, I'll tell you, one or both of these things are found in every single crime scene, and I and the crime scene is the wrong word. Uh, room that someone dies in. Can I guess? Yeah. Oh, is it? I feel like I've told you this. Is before. it newer? She did like within the last. She probably was in this line of work five years ago. Cell phone charger? Or was thinking weirder? Oh, and dildo. Dildo and weed. (laughs) Dildo and weed. Dildo and weed. Cool. Pretty much always going to find one of those in a room with a dead body. Curious. (laughs) Yeah. If it's the bedroom. Like, not the kitchen. I think a lot of people die in the bedrooms. Okay. Ah, that's crazy. Your sister has some crazy stories. Yeah, if, she should definitely be a guest. Yeah, Gina, it might be hard. I feel like our voices, in my head, our voices are totally different. Have her call me sometime. I'll like listen to her. Because I think the way we speak, like, we are very similar in the way that we talk. We're very yeah. different people, yeah. but we speak similarly. Yeah. And I don't know how confusing that would be on a podcast, but I also feel like it would be different enough that it would be fine. Yeah. No, Jean, if you're ever in town, let's get you on. She'd be a good guest. Um, but yeah, that that was great. That was a good Nice old good story. I threw yeah. it back for you. <laughs> I was going real recent. Now it's kind of whoosh, whoosh. Throw it out. Um, that's been another episode of Killer Cocktails. And as always, send us in your drink suggestions and we will see you next week. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Killer Cocktails. As always, on our talent was Jackie Andrea. Uh, be sure to check out our Instagram at Killer Cocktails Podcast or stop by our website, KillerCocktailsPodcast.com, for up to date information, photos, contests, and more. Our logo was created by Michelle Firm, whose amazing art can be found at MichelleFirmDesign.com. Use coupon code KillerCocktails, that's one word, for 15% off your entire order. Our music was created by Nikolai Heidlus, and we'll be back next week on hashtag Murder Mondays. <laughs> Hello. (laughs) And welcome to Killer Cocktails. Welcome to Killer Cocktails. Um, Hey guys, welcome to Killer Cocktails. This is another episode of (laughs) Killer Cocktails. Yeah, Yeah, nice job. Damn it. Hello, and welcome to Killer Cocktails. (laughs) Stop. Hello.